Welcome to Artists of New England. This is a podcast created to inspire you on your journey of artistic expression. Whether you are a career artist, a teacher, an emerging artist, or hobbyist, you can learn and gain support from your peers. We will explore the symbiotic relationship between these groups, lending insight and empathy towards each other. We will discover the where, when, why, and how of the creative process of artists living and working in New England, with occasional bonus interviews with gallery owners, collectors of fine art, and art historians. Perhaps today's show will bring you the aha moment you've been waiting for. Hello and welcome to Artists of New England with your host, Laura Cassinari-King. Today I'm in the studio of Stan Moeller here in York, Maine. Welcome, Stan. Thanks for driving out here. Oh, it's a beautiful drive, actually. It's yeah, yeah. just lovely. What a beautiful studio. It, the pictures do not do it justice at all. Thanks. This was a long time in coming. I, I was in the mill building for 17 years. Yeah. And uh, I've always wanted to have my own studio. And we just realized why pay rent now that we, we moved in here in 2015 and we've been sort of planning it since then because, nice. you know, I can walk to work. And you, you designed this. Yes. yes. It's probably, I mean, it's a pretty simple box. So it's, you know, yeah. it, when I went to the contractor, I said, I want 25 by 40. And he goes, no, you want 24 by 40. Because <laughs> it's a, how they oh, okay. space the beams and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And I said, I want wide pine floors. I want... 28 to 30 foot ceilings yeah. and big windows facing north. So the windows are a fascinating story. Yeah. Maybe we'll get to it. Oh, it's just gorgeous. Lovely. Okay. So we're going to start with, um, let's start with your earliest artistic explorations. What do you remember? Very little. I was very little. Not, <laughs> not that I remember very okay. little. It was, I was very little. I was one of those kids that I didn't like coloring books. Yeah. I wanted a pencil and paper. Oh, but wow. My favorite thing was clay. Oh. When my mom, they, we didn't have tons of money growing up in the uh, Midwest. Mm-hmm. We, had a bit, we were comfortable. We never realized we were doing yeah. it out. But, yeah. you know. but when I got a little box of those little clay bars of all the different colors, oh, yeah. I sat for hours and hours making little cartoon characters. Yeah. And Just from your imagination? Actually, or from TV. Oh, from TV, okay. Woody Woodpecker wow. was one of my favorite wow. ones. And, uh, Years, awesome. my mom always was sorry that she didn't keep one of my Woody Woodpeckers because she said <laughs> they were so well done. As a kid. Yeah. And of course, I can in my imagination or my memory, they were perfect. But now I probably look at them like, oh, that was kind of, that doesn't look <laughs> And perfect. how old were you when you were starting? Oh, out? that was like preschool. Oh my gosh. So, and then the, as I drew more and stuff, uh, I became almost like a parlor trick. The, uh, my folks would have friends over and they'd go, stand, draw you know, Aunt Beth or something like this. And and I would do that. So I wanted to be an artist from very one. So taking the break to play music was sort of a weird thing because I wanted to be a painter and an artist. I, that's all I did in high school. I majored yeah. in art in high school. Right. Went off to college and studied art. Uh, just went to the wrong schools. But. So tell us about your college days. Well, I went to Western Michigan University in Kalamazoo, Michigan. After uh, I actually went to a what they called junior college. Oh yeah. And they actually that was probably better than my regular college experience. It's my nice. high school teacher was the, the best. The RT, the art part. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, because I had a young, my, like I said, my high school teacher was so good. Any kind of medium, we back in the days when schools were funded <laughs> with our program. Yeah. 
anything I wanted to try. And I still have a painting that I won an award from when I was like 15 or 16. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. It's not that great, but to me, yeah. it was a breakthrough because I was painting. Sure. I was painting the color. But anyway, I went off to the junior college and, you know, community college, I guess they're called now. Nowadays, and, yeah. and the teacher was great. She, I remember we were working with a model and I had tried to refine one edge and she goes, don't worry about that edge. Leave that loose because it's going to give it more energy. And I had never heard anything like that. You know, and then I went off to West and I just kept taking drawing classes over and over again because I don't know that the school didn't, they were abstract expressions. You know, yeah. it was during the Vietnam War, it was yeah. just winding down, yeah. and people were, they would like throw a piece of army canvas on the ground and walk on it and put handprints and oh. read barbed wire through okay. it, and, and, and the teacher was going, oh my God, that's so wonderful. And and I was painting sort of realism, and they were going, oh, that's great. They would tell me, you can't make a living oh, a painter. Oh, my gosh. They, I never really learned anything about paintbrushes. I don't know, do we, you know, yeah, I, I didn't, I had to teach myself that later in life. Yeah, but it was experience. And I put myself through by playing music. Okay. Not okay. totally, but help. And when I got out, I was going, okay, I can't make a living being a painter. Mm -hmm. I am making a living playing music. I'm going to do that. So I did that for quite a few years after that. And then the good thing that came out of that, I met Tammy. Yeah. You know, we've been together 36 Years, nice. I don't know. And she sang. And she sang, and, and I was already out of school. She was just starting. She's eight years younger than I. Yeah. And you know, we started playing music together. And the next thing I know, we moved out here because the music scene was so good. Oh, okay. So that's what brought you. Yeah. We we had gone up to California and then looked for places that were better than the Midwest. And the whole time I was still painting in my head and still really uh, that was still Plan A for me. But wow. I just had to put it on the back burner. Yeah. Then we moved out of here, coming to see some friends during Thanksgiving and just fell in love with this area. They had the Folkway up in Peterborough, which was a brick, and then Passim down in Cambridge, which was like with Bob Dylan, yeah. all my favorite people, Tom Waits played there, mm -hmm. and uh, then the press room, yeah. which is still Opening coming back. this weekend? It actually isn't. Oh, no, why? They're just, they, they got ahead of themselves. So they got all these acts booked. I know. Yeah. So, I know. Anyway, so the press room, and we just were, within about six months, we had just moved out on the wing of the prayer and, wow. and, and filled up credit cards. <laughs> had some friends out here, and they actually let us use a, a, a guest bedroom mm -hmm. for a couple of months till we got enough money together and got our own apartment. Nice. She got scholarships to go to Berkeley College of wow. Music. And the nice thing is when part of her perked that, she got passes to all the art museums. And I was wow. starting to want to paint again and started meeting people like Frank Corso, who's a very well-known painter, used to be out of Newburyport, okay. now has three homes, so he's doing very well, thank you. Yes, and uh, then I met Don Demers okay. up here. He had a studio at the Button Factory. And I started meeting these people that were actually making a living. They were doing some side work, you know, illustration and that sort of thing, but mostly doing what they wanted to do. And I started going, wait a minute, you mm, can do this. You can. So I started painting again. Okay. Uh, and it was nice because my Tammy's mom and Tammy would, for presents, I would get brushes and easels and canvases. Nice. And at that time, I was always painting just uh, landscapes. Okay. White mountains a lot. 
Is that what you did when you were younger too? Before you mostly, yeah, river stuff. But you've done uh, never did. Yeah, I did a lot of life drawing and models, but I never really and painted some in college. But I never put figures in the landscape, which is my major thing that I do now. That um, do you know why? It was an evolutionary process. Yeah. It was weird because I just started painting just landscapes because I wasn't that wild about the human race. And I wanted the beauty of nature. Yeah. And um, it's not that I softened on the other I was just going to say you. But I just started loving the shape. Basically, I'm a shape painter. So whatever light hits things, it could mm -hmm. be a rock or a human. But, mm -hmm. but I would paint that. But And it, it was a whole bunch of things. A perfect storm sort of came up yeah. that... I started painting, we had some very close friends that we met out here that were getting married and we had zero money being musicians. Mm -hmm. You, know? uh, you thought it can't be any worse, I'm also paying. <laughs> yeah, and so so <laughs> I, I, I painted them a picture. They had a home on Lake Winnipesaukee. Oh, okay. And so, and I gave it to as a wedding gift and they just thought it was great. And I realized this is fun. So I started painting, yeah. mostly from our backpacking trips. We used to go up to Baxter State Park. Okay did the knife edge and all that and wow. I had a whole bunch of paintings but we were just playing music for a living and there used to be a club called the Loaf and Ladle in Exeter. It was mm -hmm. a really nice yeah. kind of acoustic listening room and we became friends with those and they knew I painted because they, they would see pictures of Tammy would show them and I would show them pictures of what I was working on and I had quite a backlog of just paintings I was just doing of mountain scenes. And they called me up and they said, we're opening a new restaurant in York. Okay. And they said, we need paintings for the wall. Would you hang them just for the grand opening? Wow. And I said, uh, I've never hung my stuff in there. You know, I'm not. And I said, sure. And hung them up there a long time ago. Yeah. This is probably mid-90s or something. Okay. Late. Yeah, early 90s maybe. And I hung them up there. And within two weeks, I get a phone call from a woman, which I wish I could name that was it that had the Owen Art Gallery up in Bethel, Maine. And she goes, I just stopped in there for lunch. Love your work. Would you do a show with us? And I kind of was hesitating because I was like a little bit, you know, like, ah, oh, not worthy. And were you feeling like, um, I'm not really an artist or what? Yeah, no, I've like? always felt, I know I've always felt I was, that was what I really wanted okay. to do, even yeah. though I loved yeah. the music and was trying to make a go of that yeah. because I didn't think you could do it as painting. Yeah. So she's, and I was kind of hesitating and she goes, I think she read my hesitations. Maybe she wasn't worthy. Oh. You know, the, the, like their venue wasn't, yeah. which is a really nice prep school up in Bethel, Maine, which I can't remember the name of right now. Yeah. Um, and she goes, well, we just had Jamie Wyeth a while back. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of went, and I, it took me just a little bit and I went, sure. Yeah. And it was, a, a, what an experience for me, because they drove down in a big truck, mm. loaded all the paintings up, took them up there to hang, and as the weather gods were not on our favor, the opening night, it was freezing rain, and we had to drive all the way up there. And we did anyway. Yeah. got there about halfway through it, and but even with that, I had sold a painting of a nice big mountain scene yeah. of Baxter State Park. And was that your very first sale? Yeah, yeah, it, was. it probably was. Wow. And we real we come Tammy and I looked at each other and went, You just made more money in one sale than a month's <laughs> worth of gigs. So I think And I she think, said, Go to the studio. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, and the thing is I was just painting in our kitchen or wherever yeah. it was at that time. Okay. And so I started painting more. 
And then uh, a gallery would contact me and the next thing I know, and then the, probably the funniest thing that ever happened is the, the Folkway up in Peterborough was a really well-respected folk club. Mm-hmm. It went out of business when Witty died. And then I mean, they had all the big names of folk acts up there. Anyway, we were playing up there and they knew I painted. And they said, what we'd like to do is a music and painting show together. Wow. And you we, said, I'm the guy. <laughs> I'm the guy. You know, I've got all these paintings, mostly. They were still mountain scenes. I didn't even put wildlife in at that time. And I, a friend and I hauled all the paintings up there, dropped them off, and then we went on the road for about three months or something out in the Midwest, <laughs> traveling around. That's why that's such a hard life. <laughs> Sneaking the dog in the motels, um, <laughs> setting up player gig, hopefully enough you people would come. You didn't on the road. I wasn't even really, no, I didn't paint on the road. I was sketching and t- getting ideas okay. because a lot of times the painting's in, the in head, my head yeah, anyway. Yeah. So the funny thing is we came home and I've told this story a few times, but it's pretty funny that we came home and we're setting up the music thing and, and they said, oh, by the way, the, the uh, Peterborough Press did a really nice story on you. And I went, oh, cool, <laughs> because they had called me from the road, like at a Dunkin' Donuts in the Midwest somewhere and trucks are going by, <laughs> you know, and I'm going, oh, and they said, we'd like to do a story on your painting and music in the same venue. And I said, sure. And they said, so why do you just paint mountain scenes? And I said, I do a lot of hiking. My wife and I do a lot of hiking and it's my free psychiatrist. Uh-huh. I get up there and it clears my brain yeah. out. I don't think about world troubles or yeah. anything else. And uh, the interview went on and uh, we got in our car, drove on to the next stop, came back and anyway, they hand me the newspaper with a story and then it starts out and goes, Stan likes to go to the mountains with one of his three psychiatrists. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. no. One's not enough. Two is not enough. That man needs three. So. Don't you love the press? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. How did you handle that? That would be crazy. Did you I, no, I just that? No, did no, just I did. I, that's wrong. a great press <laughs> I Did probably, people show up to meet you just yeah, because of that? To, you know, kind of looking at me from a distance, going like, "Don't get too close to him, honey. She's <laughs> weird." No, it was they, they all laughed. They all knew that. It yeah, was, they. You know. Yeah. So, but it just continued off of that. I've been very fortunate in the fact that I've only probably contacted one or two galleries in my life. Wow. They've contacted me, and so it's kind of hard when I teach people. Go, yeah. How do you get into galleries? And I go, <laughs> I don't. Know. I mean, I, I do know, I, I, I can basically say you have to go in and see if, if your art's comparable. Look you at know the what pricing. you're supposed to do. Yeah, and just see if it will fit in that yeah. setting. Not Because don't make the mistake of going, oh, I paint like this person. Because I've had students go into the same gallery I'm in and go, the guy will go like, well, even if this stuff was right, it's we've already got him. <laughs> Why do we want more of him? Yeah. You know, uh, but I try that's another story. I don't try getting people to paint like me. Yeah. That's a whole other site. Yeah. So, I, I'm, you know, and it just keeps building. So, at what point did you start teaching? Probably not too long after that. It was probably mid 90s, late 90s, I think. Um, and so, did you kind of take the leap into. Yeah, I started doing. Full time painting. Yeah, that probably didn't happen until about 20 years ago. Full time. Because I was, nice thing is, is I, and I tell people this, don't try to jump into this too fast. Mm-hmm. Because people will start painting and they love it so much, they go, I want to make a living with this. Mm-hmm. And the fortunate thing I had is I made a living playing music, albeit 
not the best living, but I was, and I didn't have to sell my stuff. And I could perfect my craft, painting and painting, learning, studying. I started going more to museums and stuff. And I, uh, a friend of mine that I knew from the music business, he would used to come into the shows and he would draw while people were performing. Okay. And I got to know him. His name was Rick Fried. Uh, he taught up at the New Hampshire Institute of Art. Mm-hmm. And he goes, would you ever th- think about teaching? Wow. And I went, maybe. He goes, I can probably line it up so you would teach uh, a night class with landscape painting and acrylics. Because I was in the house at that point. I, I was, so I was painting mostly in acrylics. And I got the job. Wow. You know, and, I, and that was scared, you know. <laughs> To, to go in there the first time, because yeah. even though I painted a lot and I was starting to paint outdoors, I was going to be teaching a, a class full of people yeah. from a TV monitor or handheld photos of oh, what to paint. Okay. And I'm not one of those people that don't believe in, I mean, I plain air paint, but I also believe you get your sources from anywhere. But anyway, mm-hmm. that morphed into going, okay, maybe I'll start teaching. Well, actually, let me go back a little bit, because by that time, we had gone out to Monhegan. Okay. Friends of ours, after years and years of bugging us to go out to Monhegan because mm-hmm. it's, you know, all the famous painters went out there, the Ashton School, mm-hmm. you know, Hopper, Henry, Bellows, all those people, and the Wyeths, yeah. and, and went out there. We finally went out there in late eight, late 90s and uh, got to know Don Stone, yeah. which was a huge influence on me. The nice thing is, is he was probably that up on meeting other painters because they were always trying to get close to him being he was a well-known painter i came in the back door because i came out there with another painter but he was also a musician and played banjo with don dave kippeth and and dave did go in the back door. yeah and dave was already playing banjo with him Mm -hmm. and so another musician comes out there so i played music with don stone who was a great lover of music he played mandolin Claw hammer banjo, a little bit of fiddle. Yeah. And so we started playing music together. So going out painting was secondary. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then we became, the painting started doing more of that. He, he started mentoring me more. I took his last workshop in the late 90s. And that was a huge thing, watching him paint. Yeah. Then probably the next year after he retired, I went out there and taught my first three day workshop. Oh. And the funny thing is I was probably selling and in galleries and, and teaching when I took his last workshop. It was such a breakthrough to see how he did it. And not that I wanted to do how he did it, it's just watching how he taught a class mm-hmm. outside. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. so I started teaching from that. And then I had a nice mailing list from the New Hampshire Institute of Art. Started going over and taught my first workshop in France in 2000 seven I think it was or six which was you know to be able to go to the south of France then the following year we went to Italy and then we've been alternating back and forth ever since so that's nice yeah Yeah, it's a very nice place I haven't been there yet I'm dying to get over there but uh... well you know when I'm standing in the last few years, we've been going to Venice after I teach, mm-hmm. and I'm standing in the same place that John Singer Sargent painted something, or Zorn, you know? In fact, one of my contemporary painters that I like a lot is a guy named Ken Howard. He's a British painter in his 80s, mm-hmm. uh, very much of a modern impressionist. Is it Ken or Ken? Ken, K-E-N, Ken. Howard. Howard, yeah. And when you look him up on the web or anything, 
do UK because he yeah. he owns two homes in England and one in Venice. So okay. And I, I'll show him your stuff mm -hmm. sometime. He huge influence on me when I Don Stone introduced me to him wow. because he had bought a painting at a show in London and um, not of Ken Howard but of somebody else but he got a catalog of Ken Howard he lent that to me and I was just sold mm -hmm. yeah. so I was in Venice and I was walking down the side canal Tammy and I were getting lost and just walking around the city and I came out on this dead-end canal and I went I been here i couldn't be i've never been here oh. i know this spot turns out he had painted there because i saw it in one of the yeah. videos and i actually saw where he probably stood there was a little paint on the so i was like i'm not going to see you know yeah awesome. so wow so then you started teaching privately at all i, uh, I only did a few I, I did a few but it was so time consuming in fact i maybe close to 10 years ago I even quit teaching at the New Hampshire Institute of Art because mm -hmm. I found driving in, I'm, I'm sort of the, the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hour thing. Mm -hmm. And I finally, when I got the studio of in Rollinsford in 2002, uh, right after 9-11, I'd heard about studios opening up because I'd been looking for a long time. And I, was, okay. I could, couldn't really paint that much longer in the house. I was just doing too much mm -hmm. and it kind of disrupted yeah. Tammy's songwriting yeah. that she was doing. She was sure. she was doing a, more of a solo career for the music. Mm. So I started looking and a friend of mine called me and said, there's a mill building in Rollinsford that's five floors of an old textile mill that they're making into art studios. I called them up and said, I need North Light. Do you have anything? They said, well, we will have. We can see where, show you where it will be. I went and looked at it signed the papers mm. and then actually went off to a residency in Dinan, France that I got for a month there, yeah, which nice. was nice. They gave you a home wow. on the ranch with two bedrooms, yeah. full kitchen, studio, <laughs> and all they gave them in return was a painting at the end. Wow. So that was a real big thing for That's me too. Awesome. So I came home, moved into that studio, and I realized that the day of driving all the way up to Manchester. I lost a whole day a week. Sure. And I started doing the math, and I hate to put it in those terms, mm -hmm. but if I sold one painting, mm -hmm. even a small one, it would pay what the school had paid me for a, a month of driving up there one day a week for the whole day, because I would lose a whole day. Yeah. So I finally realized that, and, and I was only at that point, I was probably playing once or twice a month just to supplement the income. We both went, I think it's time to make that break. Mm -hmm. And I was not happy playing those kind of places anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. Freebird, you know, <laughs> do you know any more Buffett? Um, <laughs> <laughs> did you write that? Or is it a real song? Um, <laughs> so, I, you know. You've done the, the track. I, I guess. And it actually taught me a lot, though. Probably gave me a good work, work ethic. Yeah, what did they say? You, you uh, cut the cord. Cut the cord. Yeah. Burned the boat, went to yes, the island. Yes, right. <laughs> Good. So let's, can we talk a little bit about your process and how you Yeah, which is evolving constantly. When did you get people in your paintings? Yeah, that? probably, that's quite, it seems short, but probably yeah. it was quite a while ago. First thing I did is I used to spend a lot of time when we lived, uh, we moved to York about 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, we used to spend a lot of time in the Rachel Carson Wildlife Refuges. Okay. A lot of times it was first starting up a walk the dog, but I just, 
first thing when we first moved out here, even visited in 83 or 84, is that I fell in love with salt marshes. I'd never seen them. Oh, and sure. I just thought they were, and I grew up on a river, so we had marshes and stuff, but the, the salt marshes were tidal and stuff. Mm -hmm. I started painting those right away. And the next thing, I think it was one time we were out, I was out painting actually in Rachel Carson Wildlife Refuge. Mm -hmm. The sun was starting to go down. It was just touching the tops of the grass. Mm -hmm. And it was a whole flock of egrets out there. Mm -hmm. And something spooked them. And they kind of rose up like almost like phoenixes into the light and they just burst into light. And I just went, just started throwing <laughs> color down and light splotches. It was probably an abstract thing, but that's just what I saw. And it was, that was a breakthrough epiphany for me. I just went, okay, this is what I want to do. So then I started kind of being evil about it because <laughs> I would take the dog out there and I would see this flock of people <laughs> and I would pretend to throw the ball so the dog would go out there and make them fly up into the... Oh, so you can it didn't hurt them, but, but no, it, you sure. know, it had to fly up. So I would get them flying. Yeah. And I did a whole series, probably for years I did just salt marshes and a lot of egrets. Wow. And then the thing is, is what I've always tried to do and watching other artists, I was always inspired by people that never were pigeonholed in, in one style. Mm. I had a gallery, and, and this is not that long ago, but I started doing a whole series of pool paintings. Mm -hmm. People swimming So you in do a lot of series? Well, yeah, because I'll get into something. Yeah. yeah. I was doing a pool series. I used to show, I still showed in uh, Naples, Florida, Garden mm. Colby Gallery. And we used to stay with a very dear friend, Dodie Kolb, and her husband, Frank, who had a condo on Marco Island. Mm -hmm. And we would stay with him when I had a show because she used to show me at the Wentworth Coolidge shows back there. She had huge shows out there and they were great. And I was, I was showing, by that time, I was showing with Don Demers and Frank Corso and Don Stone and all. And uh, oh, I could go on for a long time. And I started going... Um, lost my train of thought again but i think you were heading to the uh <laughs> see how i digress constantly <laughs> oh people and in, in yeah, yeah, how I, I came into the yeah and, and i started getting that i didn't want to be one so i would a lot of times go up on there they were up on the 11th floor and i would observe kids in the pool oh. swimming around and i would start videotaping yeah. because long ago maybe 20 some years ago 25 years ago I was talking to Don Stone one time that I needed a new camera for ideas and stuff. And because of the, my subject matter, even then, you can't do live all the time. Yeah. You know, especially big work. You can paint from a study, but if I'm doing a, a, a cafe scene in Paris with 35 people drinking coffee and then yeah. I can't go, don't move! <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can do sketches and I will do sure. quick things, but to really get it down, he said, don't go still photo because you're locked into a certain photo. He goes, mm. use videotape. Mm. And the same thing works good for waves. That's what he used it for a lot. Oh. Overlook, watching the waves over and over again until you can see them and you can pause them yeah. in different places. And so I bought a video camera. And, that, and in fact, I used that for the uh, egrets too. But the, I did a whole probably two or three hours of vi videoing the kids in the swimming pool. Wow. And they just, they were so popular. And I had a gallery in California go, you know, you could make a living doing nothing but pool paintings. <laughs> yeah. And I said, but I would go crazy. Right. I don't, I want to do, you know, I want to do maybe a mountain, a surf, uh, 
kids swimming on the beach. I want to do, you know, whatever. I just, whatever gets yeah. my attention at that. Yeah. Point. So, so were those the first human forms? The things? first human forms probably happened after the, the egret stuff. I started realizing I liked, uh, yeah. I was okay with moving into the <laughs> yeah. painting. Yeah. And I think I was painting downtown Portsmouth uh-huh. and I started doing street scenes and I was, I would paint downtown and I would just, and Ken Howard was a big influence on that. If you look, mm-hmm. I'll show you his stuff, if, or if you look him up, yeah. that he paints a lot of people just very, very much of an impressionist, okay. just a, a dab of color. And there's right. another guy named of, uh, Edward Sego that probably died in the 70s that was a real big influence. And they would just put a little person. The next thing I know, I was starting doing these multiple street scenes and really enjoying the interaction with the people and how to paint them so they didn't look like they were... Just, stiff yeah no yours have so much movement you know yeah and and i had a guy out and i was doing a show down near new york one time in southport connecticut and he he was a writer big and one a huge compliment i tried i remember these things because they're they're very i go wow this he said how do you make you look like they're moving yeah and i went it's because of the edges and how you move those and you don't have a person looking awkward it's the center of balance and so that's yeah. where the photos and the video help but also where all that life drawing i had as a right. younger come in right. and we still practice at the old mill we would once a week a lot of times we would have a model come in and pose in the studio mm-hmm. and that would give us a sort of like practicing scales yeah so you did start teaching classes there. Yeah, just one, I, just randomly though, and I just realized okay. once again, it was okay. taking away from what I really wanted yeah. to do. I'd be better off teaching a two or three day workshop. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'll eventually do here. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But I still like to do most of those outside. Mm-hmm. So even here during, and I might have a model set up here, because mm-hmm. that's different, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And do a two or three day figure thing. But I would like to do a figure in the landscape, which my so I just, that's how the people evolve. And next thing you know, they're the main subject. Yeah, that, that whole video thing I'd never heard of. Doing yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a great, yeah, things. because you can move it around and look sure. at it. You know, a nice thing with an iPhone now or any of the smartphones, you can do that. Mm-hmm. You can look at frame by frame and just move right. it around. Right, yeah, for the videos, you're right. That's kind of cool. So um, when is a painting done for you? <laughs> I think it's... I think it's Da Vinci that said a painting's never done; it's only abandoned, and it's it's kind of yeah, true. Yeah, well, they said it for musicians too, right? Yes. Right, yeah. Well, there's that other funny quote for I mean, painting. Yeah, the, the other the real cliche quote for painters is: uh, "It takes two people to do a painting: one to paint, the other one to bonk them on the head when they're done." <laughs> yeah, and it's true because you know, um, I think Robert Henry said something about a painting is done long before you know it. And it's real true. When I did have the painting, when I had my studio in the house mm-hmm. back when, uh, quite a few years ago, Tammy was still going out to play music a lot of times at night. And that was my free time that I had hours to paint. Right. I would make a pot of coffee at mm-hmm. nine o'clock at night, mm-hmm. you know, and crank the music up. She yeah. would go off. And sometimes I would get started an hour before she would leave. And she'd walk by before she was leaving. She went, you know, that's really good. And, almost. and then she'd come back four hours later and going, it's still good, but you know, you, I'd like the freshness before. Right. She's always been very, she's my best yeah. helper, critic, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And I start realizing that you can overwork something. Mm. And that's the problem 
because I'm not a, you know, I do believe that everybody ever since the invention of the camera have used cameras. Even before that, the camera obscura, mm -hmm. and they would do mirrors and stuff. They can, there's a great book by Hockney called Secret Knowledge that shows that they were using mirrors reflected through pinholes and stuff to do paintings way, way back, you know, in the 1700s and 1800s. Then the camera was came in in the middle of the 1800s. And during the 1880s, more camera work was done for painters than anybody else. Hmm. And I've seen paintings done with, uh, with the help of a camera, not because they copied it, but from everybody from Sargent to mm -hmm. Zorn to Soroya. Soroya's father was Spain's most respected photographer. Oh, I didn't know that. And what helped with photography is it taught even the Impressionists how to crop a painting different. He started seeing paintings being cropped off at the uh, waist, yeah. not the whole person in them. Uh, huh. uh, and so, anyway, uh, once again, I went off into the tangent. Well, the, back to just so, what did you do when um, you started realizing maybe? Oh, did, did I would overwork it? Yeah, yeah, that's where that's what I was going to. Is <laughs> the camera can show you too much and you it stops. Oh, I see. Okay. So you just go, oh, I, I never noticed that trash can over there. Mm. I'll put that in the painting or this whatever and you, I have to go back to what initially inspired yeah. me. And the inspiration for me is not the subject matter, mm -hmm. it's the way light folds around things. So I will look, I can be walking down the street and see light hitting a tree or a person or a side of a building. I think it was Hopper that said he could spend the rest of his life painting light on the side of a building. Yeah. So. So, so do you paint primarily indoors, outdoors, both? I'm mostly a studio painter okay. just because of the subject matter. Mm -hmm. But like I said, once again, the, I can teach plein air and I love it. Okay. I love getting out there. Yeah. And I get some really nice finished pieces or at least ideas. But the truth is when I'm painting a scene with 25 people sitting in a cafe or uh, kids swimming in a swimming pool, mm -hmm. I couldn't be on the 11th floor of a building looking down, trying to paint and do that. I can do sketches, I can do, I'll, I'll use watercolor or gouache and do ideas. But the truth is what I do, especially bigger work, you have to do in the studio. Yeah. So you probably didn't learn your color theory in college. No, that's all. <laughs> they didn't teach I'm you all, The great thing is, is painting with friends, getting out to paint is really what teaches you. That's the, that's the advantage of painting with okay. Because you can really start understanding how colors affect each other. You can. I'll have my students do ten-minute paintings, yeah, and just to get the bulk shapes down. I'll have them use just the primary colors because then you learn color mixing. Mm -hmm. And I have boxes of paints over there that I went, hmm, "What's this color?" And I'll try it. Yeah. One of my favorite colors that I use a lot of that uh, Sargent used a lot of, maybe a different mixture, but it's, uh, it's called emerald green. Mm -hmm. And I hit, you know, I hit upon that by accident. I had put an order in. When I order paints, I usually buy them by like six tubes at a time. Sure. I go through a lot of paint. Yeah. And I had ordered, I, I liked phthalo green, mm. yellow shade, which is a real bright, it's sort of like Viridian on steroids yeah. if, you're, if you know paint. <laughs> I have it. <laughs> yeah. And I like, I use that a lot. Yeah. Uh, it's very high tinting strength. I used to teach a class, or not, I used to do a talk to art groups about the, history of Impressionism and how color 
figure how colors have changed because of the invention of different things. The blast furnace has brought the cadmium from the cobalt to the impressionists, what they never had before, yeah. and they grade back. They also invented the paint tube, which mm -hmm. led to go outside. Yeah. And the camera was taking away a lot of portrait work. So the same thing with the, the printing industry came up with a lot of the, the phthalos, the chromacridones, and mm -hmm. the, uh, those different colors. But anyway, I was putting an order in, and I just hit the button for three tubes of emerald green. But it's not phthalo emerald. Phthalo emerald is the real dark, deep green. Okay. And I'll mix that with like an alizarin, make that purple green for trees that I have for an underpainting. Yeah. But the emerald greens are very almost like that light green you would see in almost like a tropical water mm -hmm. or in a surf where the, it gets that oxygenated water. Yeah. And I, I grabbed a tube and squirted some out and I'm like, damn. You know, what am I, I, who can I give this to? Because it's, I've, I've had it for a few months. I can't send it back to the to uh, Dick Blick and go uh, wrong color. Probably could have. But anyway, I, I just said, well, I've got some out. Let me play with it. And the next thing I know, I went, hallelujah. Wow. It, and I realized that it's the great thing. It's, it works a little bit like Viridian, but I like it better for skin tone. There's a lot of greens in skin tone. So I will use that with uh, Venetian red or, or with a pure red just to, Pull it back. I use it with orange if I want a darker orange pulled back. Because I, I play with colors a lot because the secret of painting is, is the value adjustment. Okay. That's, I couldn't figure out the best way to say that yeah. because it's just a relationship of values. Yeah. That's what the, the whole thing is. Because a black and white photo will show you everything you know, need to know in a, in a picture. Mm. And so color is a great thing, but you, you've got to get the values right, right or it's right. not going to read right. Mm -hmm. So let's go to what defines success for you. Well, I feel very fortunate. The fact that yeah. I am making a living doing something I really like. Right. And so, but, but the truth is, is a lot of my favorite painters did great painting. You know, we were talking about Gertrude Fisk yeah. and Celia Bow. I mean, they were, they got some success. Mm -hmm. And but they, but they painted because they loved it, and that's mm -hmm. that's the truth. Is some of the painters I know, they're struggling, maybe even more selling, quote unquote, are better painters than people who just paint because yeah. they know this will sell. Right. Mm -hmm. So I've been trying to I've always try to walk that line, mm -hmm. and that's why I keep changing styles. I I didn't want to be known as the salt marsh painter. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be known as the pool painter. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be known as the surf painter. So I, I want, I'll jump around, whatever. I'll get bored with painting the restaurant scene. Then mm -hmm. I'll, next thing I knew, I might be out on the cliffs of Monhegan painting yeah. the way the waves crash over the rocks mm -hmm. because it's all about the light and the movement and all that. Do you find any one series does sell better than others? Or? No, because it, de it depends. Yeah. I, 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 the pool painting sold a lot, mm -hmm. but then if, if you get a little bit too, um, like I got this old guy, mm -hmm. and I've had a few of those, but I painted that because I wanted to paint mm -hmm. that. Some of the things that the prettier pictures might sell more, but I, I paint strictly, very, very rare do I paint anything because I think it will sell. Yeah. And that's been my yeah. uh, hold to that thought. I will not paint something because I think it will sell. I paint it because I can't not paint it. Right, right. So what's coming for the next five years? Well, it, it was funny that uh, a few years ago, uh, in my 60s, I was, we were at our accountants and he goes, well, you're getting 
kind of close to retirement. Have you thought about retirement? <laughs> and then he looked at me, smiled, yeah. and he said, what would you do? Move to Maine and paint. <laughs> he got, and I said, true, I, I, you know, I'm not, mm-hmm. why would I retire? What, you know, so yeah. I will just continue to paint. I have this beautiful new studio that I still I, can't pinch myself, yeah, but I have this. And I, will, I would like to eventually start teaching a few small workshops, two and three day workshops here. Mm-hmm. I will continue to do my Monhegan workshop in September. Uh, and then we'll probably go to Italy this, fr- this spring. And, okay. we're, and we're constantly, I've been teaching in the same place called Spinocchia. I know, I love the name of it. Sounds yeah, and delicious. it's a 11, it's it is. It's 1100 <laughs> acre organic farm cooking school. Wow, well there you go. With all the wine you can drink organic, <laughs> all the food is raised on the premises and three meals come with the stay. Wow. So even though we keep going- What's the date on this one? <laughs> probably be the end of April, 1st of May. Yeah. I like that in Europe because the tourists haven't come in. We've been to Venice before in the last couple of years where it's not that crazy. The cruise ships are starting to ruin it, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. But because those will come in and just thousands of people just swarm the streets. But when we go, they're not coming out as often. We can actually walk down some of the side streets and down the streets at night and be the only people. Mm-hmm. And maybe two or three people, other people in the restaurants and stuff. And it's better for painting, mm. you know. So that's probably just, and I'm constantly trying new paints, new new mediums, new canvas mm-hmm. styles. And, oh yeah, yeah. Exploring. What about a new series? Got anything coming up that you? Uh, well, actually, I really enjoy, and I would like to get back to Cuba. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about that. Cuba Chris. was is, did, it was a, a friend of mine, from? Tim Horn, who's a painter out in California, and I had met him on Monhegan. Taught some workshops up there. We become fast friends. Kevin Beer is a painter that lives up in Rockland, near Rockland, in Thomaston. All of a sudden, I get this email from uh, Tim going, Listen, I want to get a bunch of painters to go to, to Cuba, mm-hmm. not a workshop, okay. just professional, yeah. quote unquote, professional painters yeah. or that would like to go. And so we had 15 people together. Wow. A few of us brought our spouses. Yeah. And we just went over for a week to paint in. Uh, Havana mostly, mm-hmm. some of the outskirts, and you still at that point, we were there during the election wow. two years ago, which was very scary. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, we love the people. The people. So we did our absentee ballot. But we watched the election on a fuzzy CNN channel wow. in a one half star hotel that they gave us to stay. Yeah. Whole, now going back now, I realize I would do more Airbnb yeah. kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Because the, ho- the, the, the state-owned hotels, they're getting better, but and I, it's, it's a, a toss-up because I really love the people. Mm-hmm. There's so much poverty there. We love painting on the streets and talking to the people, but they live a very, very poor life, a dollar a day. Kind yeah. of thing. But I would love to go back because I love the series of, of painting yeah. that and, and documenting it in a certain way because it, it will change and I'll hopefully change for the better, which so right. I'm hoping that happens. Sure. You know. Yeah, well, that would be great. So how, tell me about your social media. Yeah, I, I, you. I've been advertising uh, in American Art Review for quite a few years. That's oh. the only magazine I get or do. I quit a few, quite a few years ago. I quit subscribing, sorry, art magazines, to the art magazines because <laughs> I just realized I was going leaf, 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 leaf. Uh, leaf. They had a pile uh, of them yeah. because I don't want to be sort of like, 
I don't want to be influenced by what a lot of other people are doing. Mm -hmm. I want to completely try to figure out, there's no total original art anymore. Mm -hmm. And there's, and, and uh, so I would rather not look at that. So Tammy does my Facebook because she's trying to keep me away a little bit from mm -hmm. being too involved in that because you could spend hours doing yeah. that. Yeah. I do Instagram. And I post a painting when I get one done, something. So sometimes it can be a week, sometimes three a week, sometimes three weeks go by mm. before I get something that I want to post on that. And I don't post too much more than just what I'm working on. Yeah. And I don't like to post unfinished work. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I never I never like to do that myself unless it's the whole series. Like, yeah. here's, here's where it's oh, you know, And I've had people go, this is what's on my easel now. I don't know if it's done. And I'm going then let me see what it's done because maybe it, it is done. You know, like going back to that whole thing of yeah. people to do a band. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, what about your, your teaching will be on your website? Yeah, I, I would put that on. I already out? have the Monhegan set up for next year, which is the second week of September. I've been doing, I used to do one in June yeah. and September, but June, I don't know if it's the, uh, climate change or whatever, but it's rained sometimes oh. every day in June. So I'll go over there just to visit and paint, but I don't teach during that time. And is it a, a week-long workshop? I do three days. Three now. days. Okay. I, That's I, what I thought. And what I've been, I told people when I changed that about three years ago or four years ago, I said, try to stay the whole week if you can. Yeah. And if you see me out painting, I'm going to help you. But one thing, you get by cheaper, yeah. I get to paint. Mm -hmm. Because when I was teaching, by the time I was done with the week, I was so exhausted yeah. from teaching all day long, critiquing. I didn't want to paint. I wanted right. to take some break and go hiking. So with three day, I feel energized and mm -hmm. still want to paint. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, that's nice. Um, what else will we going to ask? What's a perfect day? Uh, <laughs> I mean, just you're here. Yeah, it is. It's true. I mean, I make a cup of coffee yeah. and I walk over here. Even days when I might not feel the best or something, as mm -hmm. soon as I put a brush to the canvas, the wow. next thing I know, it's dinner time. And wow. Going, Where did that day go? Wow. And luckily here, because I like to walk and exercise too, that Tammy will walk over here and go, I'm going to go out for a walk and I'll go, oh, I can go with you. You know, or jump on my bicycle in the morning and do a ride and then come over here and paint. And I, I really enjoyed the, the uh, other painters and woodworkers and friends of mine at the mill. Mm -hmm. I do miss some of that sort of feeling like the buzz is going on of yeah. creativity, but uh, this is much better. Yeah. So it's a toss up. Nice. And where can people see your work? What galleries? Locally, I am at uh, Todd Benita. Mm -hmm. You know, I do both at Gunkwit when in, in season. And then uh, all, the, all the time, it went on Sirius Street. Uh, other close by, not too many are close by. The rest of them are in, I on Monhegan, at the Lupin mm -hmm. Gallery, mm -hmm. at the Waterhouse in Santa Barbara, California. Mm -hmm. the, I'm in one called Richmond Fine Art in Osterville, which is down by the Cape. Okay. Then, um, and another one in Provincetown, Rhode Island, uh, Judy Riley Fine Arts. Then... Let's see what else. Naples, Florida. I think I, I said that twice. Gardner Colby. And. Now, do you take appointments for people to come here? Yeah. And, yeah, good. Out? Thanks for yeah. thinking that. Yes, just give me a call or yeah. a text or something. Can we head over? Because yeah. I might not be here. 
or yeah. I might be so into it that I, and I have a deadline or something yeah. coming up that I going, you know, can you wait till tomorrow or something? Mm -hmm. because, but more, I, that's one of the reasons this is not just a studio. It's a yeah, gallery. It's beautiful. So. I can't wait for you to start teaching here. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I just had the, the ground. I mean, we, they broke ground the week before Christmas last year. And I was moved in by April, but it was just a muddy mess of all the, and then they're still finishing up yeah. the ground. So any last thoughts to share with those? Or, or any wild stories? You must have some stories from, maybe not music days, but <laughs> what's your most fascinating outdoor painting story? Oh, um, well, that was funny too. Tammy always laughed at that. When I used to teach uh, at a place called La de Poule in south of France, it was on oh. the Côte d'Azur, oh. right near Cannes, uh, 45 minutes from Naples. Yeah. And most of the beaches, and this is right on the beach. Yeah. And I was actually friending, painting with a friend of mine, Callie. After the workshop, we stayed a few days afterwards. Mm -hmm. And there's all topless beaches down there. Yeah. I mean, everything from 20-year-olds to 90-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. Especially the Germans, like the yeah. older German women. like. But I would just paint on the beach because I would just get the figure stuff. I wasn't sure. And the, the women would walk up to me sometimes topless to look at what I was doing and I was sort of like oh, okay this is embarrassing and, and Tammy's over there like reading her book just laughing because you can see this you know guy turning red you know going like and then oh you're artist and I'm going ah <laughs> but you're not before you talk to me you know. oh gosh yeah that I guess would, that's probably that would be and, and probably another one is a painting in Ireland, uh, which is so windy all the time, mm -hmm. that we were on the cliffs near the Cliffs of Moher oh, in, wow. in, in uh, County Clare, yeah. and it was so windy. One day I just had to sit inside the car because the car, you know, they just held the, the easel on the steering wheel, which is on the other side of the car. Mm -hmm. But one time I, I wanted to paint out on these cliffs, and I was probably five feet away from the cliffs, and luckily there was some rebar sticking up through the ground I had to tie, excuse me, I had to tie my easel to that so it wouldn't blow over the wow. cliffs. And then I found myself sort of like wrapping around my ankle. <laughs> the whole thing was just shaking. You didn't want to go over too? No. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. But I love that kind of stuff. I yeah. mean, I've been on the cliffs of Monhegan when the umbrellas are blowing over the side and, you know, the waves are practically going to crash <laughs> on top of you and stuff. So I just love the that. The challenge. Stuff. It is. <laughs> the thrill. All right, parting thoughts, advice. Right. I think the best thing is, is people are always going, how, how do you get better? And, and it is, when I got the studio in 2001 or two, whenever it was 2002, I started, I was painting a lot, but when mm -hmm. I finally got a, a space to paint, yeah. I put in six days a week, 10 hours a day. Wow. And within a month or two, I could see the growth. Wow. Because you just, at anything. I mean, how that old cliche, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Yeah. Practice, practice, practice. Yeah. So I paint every day, not because I have to, but because I can mm -hmm. and I want to. Yeah. You know, so I'm, it's constantly, in fact, I, the bad thing is about having this stuff here is, is the one on the easel right now is actually a painting I had done a while back and it was sitting up here on the wall and I walked by it day after day after day and finally go, that has bothered me since I finished. I was going to ask that, so this is good. I yeah, it's kind of good. This. It's kind of good, but yeah. it's also I've also looked at the photo of the painting that I had done, 
and went, oh, I shouldn't have changed that because it was better uh, before. But more, 99% uh, of the time, it's just something that bothered me, and I'm glad I went back and changed it. But you will, yeah. You know, because a lot of times what I'll do is that thing I talked about with the photos. Photos show you too much information. Mm. In fact, when you're painting uh, on site, even if, if it's waves crashing or something, try to get the painting done under an hour because the light's going to change so much, you're going to end up painting mm. more paintings on top of that. Mm. So if you're going to do another painting, just throw that canvas aside and do another one. Because get in the photos, you see too much. So just, mm. you know, I always say you have to look at first blush. Whatever, when you first looked at that, either at the photo, video, or on site, yeah. whatever it was that you went, oh, man, I have to, that's beautiful. I want to paint that. Mm. Remember that thing. You know, take a photo with your phone. Right. The phones nowadays are amazing because you can take that, you can make a black and white, you mm -hmm. can do a value study yeah. of it right there before you start painting. You can crop it to what you want it to yeah, look like. Yeah, it is pretty amazing. You know, so. so what advice would you give to someone like me who's, you know, sputtering along and maybe gets to paint once a week? What could I do every day? Sketchbook. Sketch. Just When you're sitting someplace and waiting for a doctor, okay. yeah. just have a little book and just do a little thumbnail okay. sketch yeah. of from your imagination of that person sitting over there reading a magazine. What I just started doing, I actually mentioned community colleges, and that's where I got my first start. Um, long story, but anyway, I did take the drawing two class this past year with Shane Gates, and it was really great. That's when I got hooked on drawing, and I yeah. realized I needed to do that. It's, it's the day. best practice because it, all things come from that. I don't do it nearly as much as I should. I do. I'll sit in my in airplanes or in airports or that, but you know, when I'm in the studio, I find tend to find myself just painting. Because mm -hmm. I've got the stuff here, and that's sure. what I want to do. Yeah. But I, you know, when when sometime when you travel, we went to Madrid to see the Soroya House last year. I think mm -hmm. I told you, yeah. and I couldn't take my oil, so I just took a little watercolor set yeah. and gouache, and I just sat in the park with a friend of mine, mm -hmm. Mary Graham, uh, and she's a painter, and we just were doing little things like that. You can get it down. Yeah. You know. Yeah, watercolor eludes me but i i do when i travel now i take the little tiny one because it's great. better than having nothing no it's me, great so. just a dab of color here yeah and, and you'll get better at it yeah it's like anything else i'm yeah. i did watercolor i'm i not very good at it because i don't do it all the time mm -hmm. gouache is more my my taste because it's an what's opaque. the difference between gouache and acrylic then oh because uh you can re-wet gouache oh so when acrylic's dry you just layer on top oh. of it but when you're using gouache it's Cool. It's like oil paint because you can, they do dry darker, which is a thing you have to get used to, but you can uh -huh. put white on top of dark. Okay. And, but yet if you keep playing with that, it will mix uh -huh. on top of that. Okay, cool. So it's uh -huh. just opaque watercolor. Uh -huh. And all it, you know, they always call it watercolor, but Sargent did most of his paintings. Mm -hmm. He had gouache. Very few of them were pure watercolor. He put white highlights on stuff, James White or whatever. Yeah, well, this is a beautiful place. You're going to have a second open house or a holiday. Oh yeah, we'll probably we're, we're, we thought about doing one when they do the open studio, either Button uh -huh. Factory, um, Dennett Hill, or uh, Rollinsford, Salmon yeah. Falls. We still might mm -hmm. send out stuff, but we also say just come. Yeah. You know, as long as I, it, I'll take. I'd be happy to take a break. Look, if you want, I've got people coming over next week just to look at some art because they heard this was here. Nice. And uh, we'll keep, you know, promoting that as a you know, thing. Great.
Well, thank you so much for your well, time. thank you. It's a beautiful I place. told you I would just babble on. <laughs> no, it's we love. Love to hear anything you have to say. Well, I think it's a great thing. I've been listening to the ones you passed nice. and hearing what my friend had to say. We, <laughs> we always get, we talk that, you know. Yeah. Chris Volpe and I talk a lot about that. You know, Todd and I can talk to the yeah. cows coming along. You know, about <laughs> That's this That's hard to believe. <laughs> yeah. You know, especially after a couple of beers or glasses of wine, we'll, we'll talk about colors and color yeah. mixing and what's this and that yeah. and, and our favorite painters. Yeah. So. Great. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Great. Thank you. If you found inspiration from today's show, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and share it with a friend or two on social media. Also, take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes or share your takeaways from today's show on artistsofnewengland.com under today's episode. And while you're there, you'll find links to the topics mentioned in today's show. And don't forget to peruse the growing library of podcasts and resources. Thanks for listening. You got beauty to share with the world that no other human has. So get in the ring and pick up that brush.